Hello, and welcome to episode 316 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have an interview with Travis Gibb, comics creator and writer of Coins of Judas, available for pre-order and in previews now from Band of Bards. This is Matt, and I'm joined by Constructing Comics co-host Noah. Hey there. Hey, Travis. I'm not going to ask you for a, a bio this time because uh, you've, you've been on a number of times and we, we've gotten the bio. So let's just uh, lead off with with an elevator pitch for this book uh, that we're here to talk about. Hold on. I got I got a question first. Sure. <clears throat> who was 300? I need to know who was 300. Uh, I think uh, it was um, Emily Wigglesworth. Yes. Was 300. That I was. don't even know that person. You'll know I think her. It was- Oh, no. <laughs> then you ain't paying attention <laughs> you, you haven't yeah uh emily's an up-and-coming uh comics illust- comics creator and illustrator all right yeah all right. yeah we we'd always yeah. talked about trying to do sort of like milestone um when we hit like one 200 but it just generally works out that um you know somebody hits us up for an interview and we're like sure and we so yeah 300 i think was a solo interview by noah well it's it's weird um I think Travis, we had you on first during the pandemic, or a little bit before the pandemic. Right. We've had you all on, like you know, we've had you on like 2020, 2021, now 2022. It's weird. 2023, to, just so you know. Yeah, now we're 2023. <laughs> um, which is, I, I think, it's been interesting. I was just sort of tracking sort of how much we got done during the pandemic, how many how many comics were coming out, and like, it's a horrible time, but sort of like a really great time for creativity and a lot of people were on during that time. And then it was interesting last year as things were opening up, as things were getting safer to do outside of the home, you know, I was on less, Matt was doing more solo stuff. I was doing more solo stuff, that kind of thing, you know? Yeah. So it's fascinating. Uh, so like, yeah. So we missed the milestone of 300 probably because I wasn't busy, but Matt was busy. So, you know, it's sort of hard to sync up these days, but you know, it's, That's but it's always well, good to sync up. I think it's cool too, though, you know, if you follow this podcast from the beginning and, you know, especially, you know, my career, but everybody's career, you can kind of follow the trajectory of, you know, uh, now we're talking about direct market. You know, today we're talking about my first direct market book. You know, uh, that wasn't even something to talk about. It was always Kickstarter, right? Like, what's the next Kickstarter project? Which, you know, like last year, what were you like, six, six projects seven projects uh we were at six i think six yeah you had a lot last year yeah i mean that's not counting like that's just orange cone that's not counting i do other projects that are orange coke Mm -hmm. um so i i do a couple uh for other people and stuff like that so just orange cone it was six yeah yeah we did um granite state punk one and two we did voodoo nations cthulhu invades wonderland pop van winkle and holiday spirits yeah so we did six crazy man yeah Yeah, man i think we had last time we haven't had you on since before we had um etienne on talking about holiday spirits Um, oh yeah yeah did you get to talk about his kingdom book i mean that book is yeah that's what that's what we were talking about i think when he was on yeah yeah that was the the that was the main topic and then we did reach in uh reach into uh, holiday spirits and stuff like that so yeah um dead kingdom was the lead in but we we talked about other things and and it's yeah. again, you know, going about milestones. When I met Etienne, he couldn't speak English at all. He was so nervous to ever go in an interview. Um, like I had known him for years. He did the first Cthulhu Invades Oz. And um, I don't know if you know, but Dead Kingdom, uh, I was the first person to publish it. Cool. 
through a book called The Advocator. So when I was doing The Advocator, um, I I published Dead Kingdom. I I have the first short of Dead Kingdom. So if you're ever looking for the first appearances, I've got a few in my closet, you know. uh, (laughs) Hey. For, for first uh, key issues, I think are are they they start at fifty, right? Because they're, they're key, right? I mm-hmm. think that's that's mm-hmm. the rule. So, so let's let's talk. Yeah. So um, <laughs> let's let's talk coins. Um, can you give us a, an elevator pitch, and then we'll we'll get more in depth with the with the interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Coins of Judas uh, is a book for band of bards. Uh, I don't think this is, anybody's going to see this, but you guys. But I'm wearing the band of bard shirt. <laughs> um, Band of Bards is a great company, a brand new publisher. Uh, they just formed a couple of years ago. I think they're on their, they're about to start their second year in March. So they've only been around for like a year. Um, and they asked, I submitted to their book called the Tales from the Static. And uh, they said no and gave me Coins of Judas because that was kind of the story that I pitched there. They said, let's do a bigger thing. So Coins of Judas is about when Judas Acharya gave those coins to, to Jesus not Jesus, sorry, the Pharisees, the Pharisees gave the coin to Judas, he threw him on the ground. When that happened in this world, 30 demons got spawned into the world. And those 30 demons were used, were bought for the worst sins you can buy with money. So the worst possible things that you can buy with money is what formed those coins. Uh, we go to current day, 2022, and uh, we have a family that's gone through a lot of stuff uh, that are, are hunting uh, these these demons down. They're hunting these 30 pieces of demon. It's been a family legacy of hunting these demons. They've collected some coins and and they're trying to rid the the world of these demons. So it's kind of a supernatural, kind of like a ghost rider type uh, superhero book. I was getting some Constantine vibes off of it too. Um, a little bit, a little bit, but not, not the language and fun. <laughs> uh, huh. A different yeah. kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, there's well, one- some... Uh, cowboy vibes too i guess yeah kind of like yeah one thing that's interesting to me is is that i read this early on in our script review um group so i saw it sort of you know words on a page and then i got the preview copy so to sort of rag have much. that in the back have that in the back of my memory where i read it that way and to see it now is it was it was an interesting experience yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, we used to be part of a group, which we—I don't know why we're still not part of that group. I love that group. I thought it was great. Uh, Frank, Frank's too big now. He's got that scout deal. Frank Martin, he's too big. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, his book just came out this week. Here, a quick plug for him. Grim Space. By the time this airs, it will be released. Go pick it up. I got cover A and B from the scout store because I support my brothers, even if they're not on Kickstarter and don't know about it. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, that's uh, we'll we'll put a link uh, to that in the show notes as well. Um, so I had a couple of questions for you um, recently. Yeah. I was thinking, um, you know, I know you personally. You know, we're friends. Uh, you know, we, we've talked, uh, and I know your background. Is the the religious nature of the the story appealing to you to take this little aspect of of religion and, and build off of it? Yeah, I mean, I I put religion in two of my books now, right? Uh, Voodoo Nation has religion in it, and Coins uh, of Judas. Uh, but Judas himself is very fascinating to me, even though I'm a religious man. In fact, I am a legal pastor. Like I can actually pastor, not a bullshit pastor. Like I didn't send off for a certificate. Like I actually took testing and stuff. Believe it or not. And nice. as you know, I'm not great at it because I just said bullshit. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, uh, but but I, I what's that? Said blasphemy. Blasphemy. Um, I I don't believe so, but that's uh, that's its own little thing. Uh, but one of the things that fascinates me about the character of Judas is 
like first he's always paid with a bad rap every time he's mentioned the bible judas a betrayer like he's never like just judas mm -hmm. the dude was one of jesus's top chosen like regardless of what he did he was chosen like that's a thing and then some of the stories in the bible you know where he go uh jesus is getting his feet uh you know massaged and they're using expensive oils and he's like what the hell are you doing? Shouldn't we buy buying like oil, like, like feeding the poor with that money? Cause that could get us a lot of work. Like I totally relate to that guy. I also totally relate to the guy who's like watching his friend, like go off the deep end, right? He's hanging out with his friend. Jesus is like, dude, you're going off the deep end. Like people are getting mad. Like we need to put this down. <laughs> like, so when I, when I look at it from those perspectives, I like have a huge heart for this character. Um, and then when I go to like the biblical thing, one of the things that I'd like to point out to people who like really have a problem with Judas or like he betrayed Christ, he, he's, he's this worst guy. But Judas was welcome at the table the Last Supper. He was welcome. He got to eat. And I always found that fascinating. So the coins of Judas, um, I've been wanting to do a story with him for a long time. I actually had another story that I was going to do with him. Uh, but this story kind of fit a, a little bit better than what I planned. You know, I had a gypsy story that I wanted to use. I'm going to do something different for that. But I I like when I thought about the sci-fi and supernatural like TV shows that I like, like Highlander or uh, even early Buffy, they always had an ending, right? Highlander, there can only be one. You kill the last guy, you're done, right? Buffy, close the hell mouth. No more longer a problem. Like they always had a finite ending. And obviously it's the writer's job to make sure that it doesn't end and it doesn't that, but, but the concepts were always super simple. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what I wanted to write. And I, I've been having a blast with it because I, I consider this my first superhero book because uh, mm -hmm. it feels like a superhero book. It's got all the superhero vibes and tropes and all that. So and Sarah would know Matt. Come on. Yeah, I'm um, curious. He's, he's, okay. he's, he's, I shared it with him. He's, he's, he's got a preview copy. I got, I read it. I know how to oh, read. Okay. <laughs> I don't just look at the pictures. I can read words. So, um, I, I, one of the things, and I, I, I hope I'm not mixing up my, my memories here, but I think well, one of the things where I learned a lot about Judas was in the, in the Da Vinci Code, um, where they sort of gave some of the stories and you pointed out some of the stuff that, like, how there was the, the portrayal of the the betrayer but if you really look at it the, the, there was the the friendship there was like any of the like sort of the da vinci code or like the you know looking for hidden meanings in the in the bible was that any of your inspiration here maybe uh i i did watch it in show but i haven't watched it in a long time so that would be way in my subconscious if it is mm -hmm. i think it's more like uh if you want to be real and i always am real on this show um, I always think I'm a piece of shit, not worth anything. And it gives me a lot of hope, even though he betrayed Jesus, like that I'm welcome at the table, right? Mm -hmm. I need that extra besides the sacrifice of dying on the cross. Like I need something extra because that's how I feel like my deep seated, like, like, like deep, deep trauma, you know? Um, mm -hmm. so that for me, that's, that's my stuff and why I relate to him so much. I, you know, when I was, a uh, uh, preaching more, I actually did several sermons about, about him because I think like we were so, when, when people look at the Bible, you know, they always look at the favorite stuff. They're like, Oh, I love this thing or this, and look at this cool thing that he did instead of like going like, yeah, but what about the things that aren't, that don't seem important that really are really important. Like him eating at that supper is super, super inspiring to me. 
And it really shows that everybody's welcome there, whether or not he died or like went to hell because he betrayed. Like, I don't know the answers to that. It's not in the book. Like, I don't I don't know those answers. But but the fact that he was still welcome there, even knowing what he was going to do mm-hmm. is a beautiful is is another testament of how beautiful this man was. Right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm getting oh, some. Yeah, I'm also piggybacking off of the Da Vinci Code thing. I don't really remember the Judas parts of that, but what you're saying sounds an awful lot like Jesus Christ Superstar, which fucking slaps. So, like, (laughs) I'm I'm getting that more than Da Vinci Code from you in the sense that this, and also from the book, too, it feels a little more rock and roll than it does, like, heady conspiracy theories or anything like that. Uh, you want to, I guess that, but I don't know. I want to hear your thoughts on that. Is that sort of the vibe you're going for? I'll give you a hundred percent Jesus Christ superstar all day long. Yeah. yeah I Hell love yes. that. Absolute slaps. Uh, definitely vibes with me. Definitely probably where I got that religion from. Cause I probably was like, I can relate to this dude. Like that guy makes sense yeah, to me. Too much heaven um, on their minds. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just all yeah. that. And, and it's what I hate about the church. It's why I'm a bad yeah. pastor. It's what I hate about the church is they're like, Oh, we're saving babies. Well, you're not feeding babies, right? You just don't want abortions. Like, but what are you doing every day to feed these kids? Like, F you. Yeah. Like, if you're going to be pro-life, let's be fucking pro-life. Like, Fuck like let's yeah. do both. <laughs> like, like God and then damn it, I love spirit. you, Travis. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> I love you, Travis. You're awesome. <laughs> Yeah, let's let's have some merit. Let's have some balls. You know, Amen. I was in a meeting, you know, when when Trump didn't get reelected because like with other pastors, uh, because they were like, hey, like, we don't know what to do. Like we had all these prophecies and this stuff. I was like, if you care about Trump being prophecy and it messes up your faith, you're doing this wrong. Go home and read your book. Like, you're yeah, done. like I don't need to be here to help you because I'm liberal. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you have bigger problems, dude. <laughs> I always um, thought that the, the the Bible was really interesting to 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 mine for for story ideas. Um, yeah. I think it was Thomas Jefferson who said that if you took all the the supernatural or things that you could consider supernatural or, or magical, you'd only have about three pages of of, of text. So <laughs> there's, there's there's lots of interesting things there to 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 take for for story beats and story ideas. Yeah, I think that that's uh, I, I think that that was that's what makes me unique as a writer is, um, you know, having these backgrounds and having such a controversial like I'm punk rock, like like my heart of heart is punk rock. So if you put me in any scenario, I'm going to make the I'm going to take the most punk rock, regardless of my opinion, I'm going to take the most punk rock views on that. Um, and it's because I just I think that we lie to ourselves. We We want a good, cushy, happy this thing. And just life is not like that. And if it's like that, man, it's going to suck. Like the whole world sucks and none of it makes sense. So let's not live in that. Let's try to like be better and worry about the shit that matters. You know, Uh, I get debates all the time when I, you know, when I was a pastor and doing a lot of pastor stuff, they would always, and not that I'm not a pastor now, but I I just don't preach on the regular. Um, You know, they would always be like all these different things of why I need to vote Republican. And I was like, yes, but they don't feed the poor. And all I care about is feeding the poor. (laughs) And they would just be like, yeah, I was like, but they, they want to, and they want to start these, they want to do a lot of things, but they don't have any policies. Show me Mm -hmm. policy. And they never can, because that's not a primary objective for the Republican party. I'm not saying that they don't care. They don't donate money to all these charities, but policy, they don't help the poor. 
And, and that's what I care about. I care about the poor. <laughs> you can't sway me. Like, regardless of all your bullshit, if they don't feed the poor, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's sort of like, I mean, it, we know you on the podcast that comes through in our, your interviews, obviously you're sort right. of, you are a Christian, but you have this humanist side to you. And I feel that also comes through in your books as well as the sort of humanism, I guess, what would you do? Like almost like spiritual humanism, you know, that kind of thing that like you, you sort of imbue things like Granite State Punk and, uh, and, and voodoo with, you know, like that sort of like, but then at the same time you do it in a way that's like fun to read, which I think is really cool. Yeah. And it's super yeah. hard. Like I'm, I'm struggling with the ending of voodoo four, you know, I'm at the, the big confrontation between RJ and voodoo and I'm trying to not make it preachy but yet it has to be for the ending I want. So mm. I'm trying to figure that out the best because I never want to be preaching. In fact, I actively, when I was writing that book, every voodoo bad that someone, a voodoo did, another voodoo priest did something good to show that like, it's not like that. It's not black and white. You can't just hate someone because one person does it a way you don't like. Because so, right. if, if that works that way, then it's got to work that way for Christianity too. And you're not going to like that because Catholics have diddled a lot of boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. It, it can't be like that. And we can't assume that uh, we can, there's all sorts of extra ramification, you know, whether or not they get to heaven, all that stuff. That's a completely separate like debate, but whether or not they're good or bad by the fundamental rules of good and bad, though, those are debatable. Yeah. Do you feel like you're able to do that with this story? Get that sort of nuance in there? Like, I mean, this is a demon hunter book. There's a lot of action. There's a lot of killing and stuff like that. But like, are you able, do you feel like you're able to do that with this book? Or is this one more of a straightforward, like just, you know? Yeah, no. Thought, I, you know, just, uh, just, just, just stuff it's like no that. more. Let, let's, I had a good thing. It's no more uh, religious than the exorcist, right? Like, right. The, the, the religion is there to help the story, but it's mm -hmm. not a main focus of the story of Coins of Judas. Right. Um, it, it I wasn't helped. getting that off the first issue, but I wanted to make sure that, like, I don't know if that was what was going to happen in, like, next issues or anything. Yeah, no, no. In fact, uh, the, you know, the next, uh, you know, the second part finishes up this wrap, and then we're doing another two after, and we're going into Mexico and going into Aztec culture and some Aztec stuff that I've learned over the years that, that I think is really cool. Um, there's this, in fact, I'll even share it a little bit of it because that's what we do here. We share, we overshare here. Cause that's, that's, how yes, we that's constructing comics. Um, so, uh, in the next arc, we're going to do, uh, coins of Judas, it's called the gambler. And there's this place, uh, in like, it's, it's called the four corners. It's like in uh, Minnesota, like, um, hold on, let me figure out exactly where it is. I, I always get it wrong because there's a four corners in Florida. So I get confused of exactly where it is. Um, um uh do, 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 do. so so while you're you're looking that up just to, to keep yeah. us going um so obviously jerome is your your letterer on this book uh, is this the first time you've worked with with tyler uh on on art yeah 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 so tyler and i have been friends for years um in fact I don't use him, uh, not because I don't like him, but because I'm not a manga fan. Like, I don't love manga stuff. Um, but uh, 
so when I pitched this to to uh, thing, it's because I love Tyler. I like him as a person. I wanted to work with him, but I wouldn't normally hire a manga artist for one of my books. Uh, but it was just uh, it, it was just like like I'm sure many of the stuff that you've done, you know, it was just uh, anthology. So I I was like, all right, well, let's work with him. Uh, and then it got picked up. So Tyler's the artist, and I think he's killed it. I think he's yeah. added a great vibe and look to it. And it's not that I hate his art; it's just like. I'll be honest, like, again, because we're, we're honest in this, the white and red, I hate it with every ounce of my being, every ounce of my being, those pages. But you know what? Everyone else on my team loves it. Okay. Obviously, uh, my colorist loves it. Obviously, Tyler loves it because it's manga. My wife loves it and Jerome loves it. So I lost and comics <laughs> are a collaborative thing. So regardless of how I feel about it, it's white and red. Nice. <laughs> Cool. Um, I want to make sure you get a chance to go back about the the four corners that uh, yeah yeah got it. it's up. in it's it's in Arizona so it's in Arizona and it's in it's in Arizona New Mexico it's kind of like this four borders of, of all Colorado and all those so what what happened is this crazy 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 thing is this guy comes to town the the myth is this guy came to town and he was a gambler he was called the gambler and he gambled everybody in this town these like they're they're uh, you think that they would be Native American, but they're actually Mayans who, who who were transported up. They weren't Native Americans. They were Mayans who were in, you know, in America because we did have some Mayans who were in America. So they were practicing Mayan. Um, he comes in and he gambles them and he's apparently God and everyone lose and he makes everybody in this village his slave. And then he builds these crazy things that you could not make at that time. You know, like we've, studying all sorts of worlds. And then everybody's gone and all that's left that they found in artifacts is gambling stuff. Wow. That is wild as hell. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so again, back to the to the story yeah. uh, here. Um, is the plan um, sort of like two issue arcs? Is, uh, did, did I hear that correctly? Yeah. So um, when they pitched us, you know, um, uh, I pitched to them. I was like, here's how much it would cost per issue and what it would work. And they were like, we can afford two issues. Uh, so we agreed to a two issue arc. Um, and then it did really well. Like we sold our, our pre-orders are really good. In fact, even so uh, this is some uh, constructing comics math. If you don't know, when you're in diamond, your first issue is whatever it is. So let's let's just take a round number thousand. Mm -hmm. Issue two is going to be five hundred. Issue three is going to be three hundred. Issue four is going to be, uh, it the, or issue yeah issue four issue three is going to be three hundred. After that, it, it goes another thirty percent until like it it hits its mark of like whatever it ends up being. So it drops pretty well, but coins of Judas only dropped twenty five percent. Nice. Which is very, very rare, which is pretty cool. I'm pretty happy about it. I'm the top selling book at Bands of Bards right now, um, which is which is pretty exciting. We have nine exclusive covers. We've really killed it. So with that, we green light uh, two and uh, three and four. Uh, so what's going to happen is we're going to do one and two. So that's January and February. So January 25th and February 22nd, the last weekend of Golden Age. Uh, yeah, 22nd. So that'll be, that'll be one and two. Um, and then you'll see a solicit probably in February or March for the next arc, which would be another one and two called Coins of Judas the Gambler. 
All of those in March would be a Kickstarter from Bands of Bards, March or April, of a collected trade. But unlike an orange cone trade that puts together, it won't release until like July when it's all done. So after the direct market gets everything. But there'll be a special cover, extra stuff, all that stuff. Awesome. Um, and uh, I know one of the, the the special covers that I'm pretty excited excited about is the uh, the folks that uh, you promised me comics. They got the the Devin Craft um, yeah cover. Oh no, yeah, big fans of of Devin. We met him at uh, Heroes Con uh, this last summer. So that's that's a really cool one. Yeah, yeah. It's a. Re- I mean, I've got some really great covers all around. I've got uh, Richwood All, who does Electric Black from Scout. Nice. Um, I have Carmeline, the guy who does Buffy and Frey. Like, uh, you know, he does a whole bunch of stuff. He he did uh, Avengers. He's done Superboy. Uh, you know, we have some great covers from some great people. Even Tyler, like Tyler has an exclusive on his YouTube that it blows away. Like, I was like, where's that cover for our book? Like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that for your exclusive, Jerry? <laughs> <laughs> um, we have some great ones uh and then some of my old hat gambits doing one and we, we've got some great ones in fact the first ones are available this weekend well i this probably air before next week right uh yeah, probably tomorrow. friday saturday uh this weekend so uh, all right, maybe all right. a little so bit if before. you hear this and you're in the new orleans market uh, uh new orleans fan expo has uh the first coins of judas uh out in the wild, it'll be at uh, Kyle Willis's Bulls for Cowabunga Comics. So if you want to swing by there and you want to get Coins of Judas early, like that's the way to get it. There's a metal version and the soft, and it's a Mario homage. It's a little demon for Mario 3. Oh, uh, yeah, I've cool. seen that one. That one's really awesome. Yeah. Uh, so with the with the nine covers, is that um, you doing the the sort of the, the hustle there, or is it a combination of you and the publisher going, hey, you know, we have a connection with 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 this artist. You want to bring them aboard, or what? How did how did how did nine covers come about? Uh, that was all me. That was all okay. me talking to everybody and, and getting it down. Um, I uh, I helped uh, Ben and Barts because they're a new publisher, and um, I have a lot of experience. So they helped. I helped them form a, a variant cover thing that was very affordable. You okay. know, uh, I know that you have a source point press uh, contract and I have a, a, a scout contract. Am I allowed to say that? That's source yes. Point? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I hope so. <laughs> um, we we have to, if we were going to sell one for a source or scout, it's like 250 copies, you know, and it's like five bucks a book. Like it's really expensive and really hard for a indie person, a, a small store to get into it. Like it's really, it's a huge investment. Um, and and I don't think it's a bad investment. I think that, you know, SourcePoint and, and Scout have proven over and over again that that it works. But uh, Band of Bards being small, like they wanted to get something that's very, very affordable. So they have a minimum order of 50. Okay. Which is really, really good. So, you know, they buy the covers basically at five bucks a piece, but they, um, you know, they get them, um, they they only have to order 50, which I, which allowed me to get more exclusive covers allowed more people to get involved and really invest in me. And that's why we've got a lot of YouTube channels investing in me and trying some stuff out, which is pretty cool. So it seems like the way you've set up one uh, issue one um, it, with, the, with the story, you know, we have 30 coins, 30 demons, correct? Uh, we could yep. go on for, for quite some time. Um, do you, you know, are you, do you sort of like rank where you want to, go in various locations and, and various coins and various demons or or how, how are you handling that 
Well, um, I wanted to do these two stories. So these are the two stories that I have for now. And then it's going to be based on sales. I mean, I'm loving doing it. It's a lot of fun. So assuming it's selling, I'll I'll do more. Um, but I also don't want to, one of the cool things that Coins of Judas does versus like Granite State Punk or Voodoo Nation. Well, Voodoo Nations works in the same way. I don't have to use this family. Like I just, I just have to use the coins. So, you know, we've had ideas of doing a pirate adventure, you know, a kind of a pirate adventure about how one of them got the coins. I also, you know, you guys both read it. The opening has the father. I'd love to do a one shot of just the father mm -hmm. and, and kind of show how he got some coins. So I really want to expand this universe. You know, there's a lot of orders. And one of the things that I did get from you know, the probably the Da Vinci Code and, uh, you know, a lot of stuff is there's a lot of cults and orders and religious groups and people collecting these coins in this universe. And I've created a lot of them. So that's really cool. And then the other thing is giving backstory and I'm going to give it in the trade of where these coins come from. So I use a, I, I, I think of the worst thing that you can buy with money and I build a coin around it and a, a demon around it that, that emphasizes that, that kind of thing. And that's, that's, it's, it's kind of fun and it's kind of sad. So I'm kind of really showing, you know, how I view money. Like that's the only probably the religious thing of like how I think money is the root of all evil. Let's prove it. <laughs> Very cool. So um no spoken like any... a true Kickstarterer. Right? <laughs> Please fund me. <laughs> yeah. It's the root of all evil. It's always eluding me. <laughs> uh Noah, do you have any more coins uh questions before we maybe move on to some other stuff? No, I think I'm good. Cool. Let's uh let's talk Granite State then. Um, there's there's some stuff going on with with Granite State. Uh, do you, you want to catch us up on where we are with that title? Sure, but I did just give you guys issue two, so you guys could read uh, Cards of Judas too. So, um, I won't I won't yes, put thanks. it on a pirate. I won't put it on some pirate uh, oh. bay, uh pirate. Yeah, yeah, pirate it quick, <laughs> quick pre-release. What, what where is what's a good indie pirating site, guys? You gotta tell me that right now. I'm thinking about it. The only pirating site indie care people know is Pirate Ship. It's fantastic. Highly recommend. <laughs> I'm looking at issue two right as we speak. So, uh, so yeah, what's well, uh, that happens? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, so, so, yeah. So, Granite State. Yeah, it got picked up by Scout, which is very, very cool. Uh, oh, so, yay. So excited about it. It's releasing in March. Um, the biggest news that just got happen is I became um, part of Key Collector. Do you guys know what Key Collector is? Because I found out some people don't. Yeah, I I uh, I've I, heard I of it. I'm not sure if uh, Noah Noah's uh, Noah's not. Uh, I'm out of touch. Explain no, no, me. not that. Noah's like a Noah's like a. He's the youngest old man I know, so he's probably uh, not concerned about. Uh, well, actually, an old man should be concerned of like first was. appearances and and stuff like that. But go ahead and talk about it a little bit. So what Key Collector is, is it? it's a database where they collect books that they feel are key issues that you're going to want to own. So uh, the average thing will be first appearances, right? So what first appearances came out this week in your comic store? Uh, so for instance, this week on Key Collector, uh, the issue of Scarlet Witch came out because it has Darby, the girl from Thor, in it. So that would be a key that would appear in that app and it would tell you, hey, if you're buying this to kind of resell or to 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 flip, you know, this is a book that you want to buy. It's a speculator book that has some buzz. 
um, Coins of Judas was the book that was picked for Scout for the month of March, which is really cool. Nice. So they, they're saying that my book has buzz. They think I'm going to go somewhere that they think that buying my book is an investment for them. And that's really cool. Yeah, definitely. Did you, um, I think I saw you took like a screen cap of it, right? That's like, yeah. uh, yeah. Another thing to sort of another milestone to reach and stuff like that. So did you collect like the, the previous catalog that you were in the, the whole day onto? They sold out of it, um, but they're going to give it to me. My store actually uses it. Like he's okay. old school. He's been doing it for a long time. So when he's done with it, he's going to give it to me. But, uh, but yeah, I did it, but I did, I do have points of Judas one and two, of course, got those. And then I'll have Granite State Punk. I'm super excited about Granite State Punk being in it. You know, we've talked about it for a long time. You know, we've kind of hinted at it in the interviews that we've had before that it could be picked up. Um, you know, the gossip for, for Granite State Punk is it was a Black Caravan book and Black Caravan. And as of 2023, they've parted ways. They're not doing Black Caravan books anymore. So it's a proper scout title, but I'm, I'm just as happy of, of having it over there. And it's really cool. I even just picked up Granite State Punk uh, Breaking Edge today. So the, the the second installment of that is out. I, I, I'm i pretty sure you got a copy. So that, that'll be in the mailbox very soon. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a huge thing. It's really exciting. And one of the things that people, um, have to realize when you're in the indie space, like band of bards, I'm super excited. I'm super excited. The coins of Judas is there. It's in diamond, but being diamond in diamond is, is one step, right? Mm -hmm. That's one step of the path. Then once you're in diamond, you want to be at, uh, you know, a scout or source point or vault, like one of these lower level tier, um, and not saying lower level tier because quality is just of sales, sales, because that logo like means a certain amount of sales just by having that logo. So your book doesn't have to sell as much, you know, and then you want to get the next level, which used to be Aftershock. It's not anymore uh, for obvious reasons, uh, but maybe a boom or dark horse or dark, dark horse, you know, and then you work your way up to image and then hopefully to Marvel and DC. Like these are, these are steps. So it's really really good to get that validation from scout comics that you know we like this book we really want to do it and even after you know uh black caravan you know they had the option to go hey we we don't want to produce this book this is the black caravan book we wouldn't have chosen and they they just they they went all in with me and we're going in That's and really we're cool. probably we're probably doing breaking breaking edge there as well we're hoping to do it i'm hoping to do it quarterly it'll come out every three months a uh, uh, granite state punk um so yeah, I always uh, felt like, um, you know, it was a very similar process to to running a Kickstarter. Um, you know, it's, it's it's only making the book is only half the battle. Like, uh, you know, then you have to if you go into Kickstarter and you're crowdfunding, it's getting the word out. But, you know, and then it's like it's another step You get into Diamond. But still, you know, Spider-Man, Batman's not on the cover of your book. It's not going to sell itself. So you still have right. to have that same sort of approach of like, I need eyes and ears on this. So um, I felt like it's you know, like, while it's a step up, it's a very similar thing in that like, you still have to, you have to get the word out and stuff like that. So. And the question is, is it a step up really? Like if you really do the math, like I know your, your story, right. You have to complete five issues. Like, or the whole, the four, whatever the arc yeah. is, you have to complete the whole arc. Then, then they'll, they'll solicit it. Mm-hmm. Then they, so then they solicit it. Then three months after that, it'll come out, assuming yeah. there's no delays. And because we're in lower, smaller publishers, 
delays happen all sure. the time. Almost every book that's solicited doesn't hit deadline. It's just because of you know the the, the small team, and then payment won't be until three months after that because Diamond's got to order it. They've got to ship it to Diamond. They've got to get it to Diamond. And then Diamond has to pay that invoice, which can take up to 90 days. Mm -hmm. And then most companies are probably in like, we do uh, payments at these types of years. So if you come before or after that, you have to wait till that next pay period is it comes up. So it's 100% in such a, no one gets in any comics like with a publishing diamond deal without loving it because you were investing so much money for stuff. And then sometimes you even lose money. Sometimes you'll do it. Your issue one made enough money, but uh, the back end didn't make enough to even pay for itself. So mm -hmm. what do you do, you know, um, because of the cuts. So it's, it's so crazy trying to figure out all these things. Uh, and we're just working hard to figure it out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, with Granite State, um, you know, I, I know originally you wrote it and you were it, it kind of was made as a one shot and you've been able to to continue the story. Um, you, can you talk a little bit about the process of writing something that had a conclusion um, that was a solid, you know, satisfying story um, and then realizing that you wanted to go back into that, that world and tell more stories? Yeah, yeah. Um, did I put Granite, was Granite State Punk ever put in the group? Uh, I don't think so. I think you were yeah. further along with the, okay. with the, the process at that point. Okay. Uh, just, just, just curious. Um, so Granite State Punk, um, when I wrote it, I shared this in the last interview, my grandmother passed away and she left me some money. Um, and it was the first book, you know, I had one book uh, to do. And in fact, it wasn't actually my first choice. Believe it or not, my first choice was to buy Dog Days. I offered a whole bunch of money to buy Dog Days. Because, you know, um, producing a Granite State book is expensive. Patrick is not, an, uh, not, a, not a cheap artist. He, he's, mm -hmm. he, he's, he's expensive and he's worth every penny. Um, so um, my, my initial thought was if I could buy dog days, I would have a five issue mini that I can then do it right. You know, maybe get some pages, alter some pages that I didn't like, you know, uh, edit it properly. And then I would have a five issue mini series for about the price that I'd pay for Granite State Punk. Um, that didn't work out. Um, so I bought, uh, so I paid Patrick and I hired Patrick because Patrick is who I felt could tell the story. And I started writing Granite State Punk. Believe it or not, uh, how Granite State Com Punk came to be. And I think I may have shared this as well, but I'll share it again. It was on the radio. This guy was telling the story where he went to this old lady's house, uh, of a house that he used to live in. And he knocked on the door and he said, hey, I have a time capsule built in your backyard. Can I dig it up? And he's like, oh, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Um, and, uh, he goes and digs it up and brings it up. He's like, oh, this is one I remember it looking like it goes to the house, knocks on the door. And the old lady goes, um, that's my dead husband's ashes. Like you go to the backyard, <laughs> he, he drops it, breaks it out of shock and runs. And I thought of that story when I originally thought about it, I was like, oh, that would be a really cool serial killer story. Like where you find out your parents were serial killers and they've been burying pins in the backyard and you have to deal with the repercussions of that. I think that could be really fun. But when I started writing it, it ended up being more personal, like about how I felt about the, the, the once I decided I was going to set it in New Hampshire and do a love letter to New Hampshire because my, my grandmother gave me the money. 
And then it became extra personal as I started writing it. And I, then I, I got my angst of stuff. So uh, Zeke is the character that that's a lot like me uh, in a lot of aspects, but he's also very different. Like he's an introvert. I'm an extrovert and this stuff like that. Um, and, and he's, you know, he doesn't want to change the world. I do, you know, there's a lot of the difference between us, but a lot of the way he, the thought patterns of the way he thinks and how fast he thinks and how he has to calm himself down is me. So writing all that together uh, really was a love letter to New Hampshire. And then with the reception of how well it did, you know, cause we raised almost 10 grand on Kickstarter, it's the highest I've ever ran. Um, you know, the, the scout picking up, you know, black caravan at the time. We, I wanted to have an extra one ready, you know, and luckily we did so well that Patrick trust me and I could pay uh, some of it on the back end. I had to pay some in the beginning, but I could pay some of it in the back end because he loved working with me. And there's something special about a book being so personal. It's something special. Mm -hmm. And I wrote the book um, really showing off my skills. You know, there's a part in the book in Grand State Punk One where I go, oh, shit, you're bored now. And I stop everything and I go, you're bored because of this, this, and this. And I'm literally showing the audience, I, I, I have you, like, I know what you're thinking. I'm good at this. Like, let me show off. And I don't, I don't do that very often. I don't like, I'm so community based. It would be foreign for me to like brag how good I am. We, we have a, a new up and coming group of creators. Some of these young creators who are just like, I'm the best, I'm I'm the best comic creator ever. Like you and I, we don't do that. You know, it's not that we don't think we're talented. We just don't brag like that. But Granite State Punk was me going, motherfucker, I'm going to show you my <laughs> comic. <laughs> and then when the second one, I was like, I want to tell more in that world. So I, I got to tell stuff. And I realized I left a lot of music out, which is crazy when you're writing a book about punk rock. Mm -hmm. But for me, punk rock is a state of mind, not a not a music thing. In fact, I think we talked about it. I think Noah said, hey, there's not a lot of music in here. And I was like, Funny enough, <laughs> here's what I think. So I wanted to write about that, and I found another urban legend in New Hampshire, so I wrote that. I'm actually working on the, the third one right now, and the third one, we're going to break um, all the rules that I've, I've set up for one and two because I want to show you that this book can be whatever I want it to be, uh, and it's going to be fucking cool and dope, and I want to break as many comic book rules as I can to make it the coolest thing ever. And, you know, So that's my, my goal is to show off every issue. Very cool. Uh, Noah, any uh, any questions, uh, Granite State Punk-wise? No, I mean, I'm digging it. I mean, I think it's not that I play favorites very much, but as far as the look and feel of a book, I like Granite State Punk the best, so I'm excited to see what comes next. You should play favorites. It's the best one. Good. I mean, I feel <laughs> like I enjoy listening to you talk about it the most, for sure. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, let's... Um, if it's okay, uh, can we talk a little bit about uh, the the invasion books uh, that? Uh, yeah, going yeah, on? it's it's kind of like the only. Even though I have other books, it's the only one like I really like solidly talk about on the regular. You know, I give a little bit of expired in voodoo, but like I I haven't really talked about uh, Cthulhu invades. Yeah, so um, you guys are writing a story and doing some art. Correct. Yes, we are. I'm super stoked about that. I'm really, really stoked about that. I love your story, Matt. You know, Matt gave me a story. I had to correct some things and then I I gave him some information and uh, I like took on the editor and creator and like you ran with it and made, I, I think a better story. I, and I, I think in your email, you said it's a way better than what you came up with the first time. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. There was uh there was a kernel of some ideas and you, uh, you gave me some, 
some pan related uh, stories that I was able to, to, to fold into those. So that, that worked out really well. Um, I'm excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're working it together. It's a little slower based um, really, you know, uh, again, we're, we, we are open and honest on this panel. So we always share some, some drama or gossip. Um, Cthulhu Vades Wonderland dare near killed us, killed my family and everything. It took so long together. Uh, the editing teams kind of fell apart. It was all my wife. Um, getting the books costs way more money than expected. I mean, just to give you an idea, the hardcovers for 300 was almost the same price for 2,000 softcovers. Wow. Ridiculous. So we were, we it was, it was crazy killing us. And then we signed all these contracts and I think like naturally my mindset went off. I have to, I now have to prove myself in a different market. How do I do that and figuring that out? So I, I have not been great at putting together our team as well as I should. Um, but you know, we recently have been really getting this back together to have a, a late launch and we've got some really cool stuff. And one of the people uh, that I haven't really talked about a lot is Colin Bunn. Colin Bunn yes. is in the book. I have the script script is being drawn right now. It's awesome. Um, and much in Colin Bunn's favor. So uh, the, the rules for Neverland or anything is you get a character and you have to write that character. Uh, and he chose Crocodile and then didn't use the effing Crocodile. So, <laughs> what, but, he, but he's Colin Bunn. What are you going to do? Sure. <laughs> uh, so that's really cool. We're leveling up. And like not even Colin Bunn, like Colin Bunn's a good one. Pat Shand is in this book. You know, Pat Shand's wrote like, a hundred and something comics for the direct market. You know, Charlie yeah. Stickney from White Ash is in this book writing some stuff. Like uh you guys are writing some stuff in this book. Like we have got the top tier talent to really put this together. So I think Neverland's gonna be our best one. Um I'm yet and I'm really excited about the the talent and the stories that we've come up with. It's gonna be a little darker this one, I think, than some of the other ones. Um it's gonna be a little different too because we can't um, in Oz and Wonderland, you have all these fun, like beasts and characters, right? You got a Tin Man, a Scarecrow Man. You've got, you know, flying monkeys. You've got witches. You know, in in Wonderland, you got Cheshire Cat, the Mad Hatter. You know, you've got the 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 March Hare, the White Rabbit. You've got all these different animals. Neverland. You got pirates, mermaids. You like them? All right, you got fairies. We'll give you one more. That's it. <laughs> you know? There's not as much there creatively to use from. So we really got to get deep in the interpersonal of people, you know, of, of, of these people. And, and do we care about them? And like, honestly, like you guys have all seen Peter Pan, right? Uh, the, the Disney version, at least. Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Name all the children. Noodles. Okay. Oh, Peter, John and Wendy. You mean those children or the Lost Boys? Well, either one, but they're hard to they're hard to name. Yeah, I know Peter, John, and Wendy are the easy ones, but then there's Noodles and no one else I can think of. Right. There's a, so, there's twins, right? There's a set there's of twins. The twins, yeah. Uh, that's the hard part of Neverland. It's not that we don't care about these characters; it's that stuff. And then you know how many you know how many people pitch me Rufio, and I had to go. Hook is a great movie, but it, it's uh, Disney will sue my ass. It cannot be. Seen. Yeah, that's the only reason why I know about noodles is because of is because of Hook, and I've actually read the book, so you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I had to deep dive to find. I know extras. how to read. And you can't, um, you know, and then we've got you. You've got um, 
uh, tiger lily. So you've got an Indian, but you can't really use the Indian tribe in today's society because that tribe means dirty red man. Like that's what it translates to. Mm-hmm. It's it's real. They're really offensive. In fact, most of the time in the book, it's all about the Indian chief going. Uh, white man is the strongest. They are the greatest. They're they're good, and they're talking about Pan. Like we can't have that. <laughs> like, so there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of stuff that makes it really tough for for Peter Pan to to do some stuff. And you had to dig. Like I found a, these Neverland birds that are in there that talk to Peter. Cool, I got a bird. Like, but nobody knows what that bird is. So somebody gets the bird is going to be upset. But like, I need cool creatures to to make this book cool because that's what sold wonderland and oz yeah so it's gonna be wild but i think it's it's also those challenges make it more fun very true yeah someone's doing a shadow story that's cool right the the story of the shadow yeah that made Um, that us what's that ours is a little different ours is a little different than that yeah we're uh we're 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 pan and um uh the detective from the the red hook um murders yeah uh cool so let's uh let's circle back as we as we get ready to close up here because uh you know what we got here to talk about was was coins of judas um we're gonna put the uh the the links to previews to to order it um you know and again you know, um, we need to speak to the fact that pre-ordering a book like this is is important because again, it doesn't have Batman, it doesn't have Spider-Man on the cover. Um, you know, and you know, so the the theory is is that uh, hopefully, if a shop owner has like two or three people come in, says, "Hey, you know, I want this book," they'll they'll see that there's a little bit of buzz. Maybe they go in for you know four or five, just so that they have a couple of extras on their on their well- on their shelves. To be honest, you know, it's it's done. You know, the yeah. FOC for both of them are done, but that doesn't mean don't order at your store because my goal is to sell on distributor level. Diamond's smart enough to know that people will want it after the fact, you know, that these things happen. So they order mm-hmm. like 20% more. I need to, I want to sell out of that 20% and I want them to go, I want it to sell it. That's when you hear a comic selling out. That's mm-hmm. what that means. It's sold yeah. out at the distributor level. Um, you know, um, the problem is, and what some people do, which is not what Band of Bards does, is they'll be like, we printed 400. They bought all 400. Well, that's not selling out. I mean, it yeah. is, but low, uh, really easy to do. <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, I, I, in my head, I think I, I have a couple of individuals that I know that uh, are probably um you know make some claims that uh you can you can kind of see through uh pretty easily right you know a lot of our con- we sold out our con day one well how many did you bring if you brought 12 yeah okay mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. very cool um so you know you, you talked about it um you know we, we have the elevator pitch you know we we know uh, how we start off you, you gave us a little bit of insight of where we're going to go next do you just want to talk a little bit about it um as we close up yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'd love to talk a little bit about not only about the book, you know, the book, Getting It From Nine. We have a Stanyak cover as cover B. Stanyak's one of the best in the business. So uh, try to get that cover B. Uh, and Bands of Bards paid for that cover. And, and it's for number A and B, which they're great covers. It's really, really awesome. Um, that This $5 means a lot as an investment wise, but I'm also putting my own money in. If you buy all nine stores variants and you don't have to buy 
every version you could buy the flop you don't have to buy like the, the the trade in the virgin dress you don't have to buy the metal you know you just need to buy one of every copy from all nine stores i'm gonna see i'm gonna make sure that you get one cgc that has the whole team on it so i'm gonna nice. make sure you get it from everybody and roland's in russia um so so that's really hard uh so i'm gonna get a one cgc with every name on it and i'm gonna pay for it in whatever cover you want out of the nine that is awesome so the first person who does that will get that so if that's something you want to do that that's a cool thing and i i I'd really appreciate that i think um band of bards has a huge 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 uh career coming up they're really good guys they're really going to take care of people i know we've for people been in this business for a bit you know we've been burned by new publishers and they they freak you out and i get that um but i wouldn't sign with a publisher that i wouldn't trust that i didn't have a good stuff they've done really well by me i've done really well by them thus far um so really give them a shot and i think after me you're gonna see some really cool big things coming out. So get one of their earlier books. I'm going to be, you know, I'm one of their first books. I think I'm booked like five for their company. Okay. Yeah. And just a little bit of insight for, for our podcast, Daniel with the, the American dreams book is, is coming on to, for an interview yeah. here. So that's another band of bards book to, to be on the lookout for. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't doubt that you're going to be in band of bards before pretty, pretty soon. Well, we'll see. Um, uh, I, 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 I'm trying to. What's, no, no, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> I like uh, uh, I, I, some some inside baseball. You know, sort of having some folks that I know that are there before is is, sure. is enticing to me, and it's uh, also a good a good bit of networking there. Hopefully, so. But yeah, it's it's somebody that's uh, definitely on my radar. Yeah, in inside baseball. Basically, what he said. I'm going to translate for you guys because I'm the the rational punk rock guy. Uh, I want to make sure every people everybody gets paid, and if they get paid, I'll I'll, uh, I'll consider it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good plan. I like that plan. I, I, solid plan. <laughs> I've done that plan many a times. <laughs> That's why I didn't sign with Second Sight. I uh... oh dirt. <laughs> that, well, I uh, I had some dalliances with with Second Sight, but nothing ever really materialized. So I think I, I luckily uh, didn't get too far along there. So right, um, I, I had uh, ready to go deals, and uh, luckily I was smart. Got, got smart again. We share the we share the dirt here. We share the yeah. dirt. It's the, yeah. it's the TM, TMZ of uh, of uh, indie comics over. <laughs> when here. I come on here, I'm going to share the. I can't wait till I'm at like if I get to Marvel and DC, I'm going to be like, well, I promised you the dirt. I guess I got to spoil my career, ruin my career. Let yeah. me tell you what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Avengers so, canceled. Um, Hulk canceled. <laughs> um, why don't you let folks know where the best places uh, to to follow you online? I know you have all of the. You know the traditional places to go. You have you have a Substack. Um, yeah, Substack website. Substack's the best. TravisGibb.substack.com. That's where you'll get the most updated information of all the stuff we're going out for next year, Kickstarter and direct market. Uh, Band of Bards. If you wanna, if you don't wanna go to a comic store or you don't have a comic store near you, you can order Coins of Judas directly from the Band of Bards website. Um, it'll also, uh, from what I understand, it'll be on Global Comics if you want the digital version on, on the 18th. Oh, uh, so so that those are those are some ways to get it uh you could also pick up any of my books like grand state punk if you want to don't want to wait till march to get the grand state punk book 
Come and pick it up uh, at uh, my my store, orangeconeproductions.com. We'll have issue two there. You know, we'll have some cool covers. Look at all these. Cool... No one's seeing this, right? It's a podcast, so that doesn't yeah. matter. But you guys are seeing these great uh, covers. We... I like great. the I like the I like the one that's the um the the Avengers the the State Avengers where you have yeah. leaping across New Hampshire. That's pretty cool. I love that. That's yeah, really cool. Yeah, awesome. Um, so we're gonna link the 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 Substack. I, I have all of your social media um, on. Uh, you know, I, I follow you everywhere, so I'll link that as well. Um, I guess I'll try this one more time. Is this the time we get to find out what what Jester Lou means, or was that yeah. still gonna remain a mystery? Uh, this is not the book. No, this this book is you know because I think on one of them I went through my whole catalog of what I had planned. This was not on the list. This was supposed to be just a, you know, short. So this was never uh, a book that was on the radar, even though, like, if you you guys read the book, like, that book looks like I've been developing for years. Mm -hmm. um, it's because I stole from another idea, like, some of the basics and just instead of what the coins did there, they're now demons, you know? <laughs> So I stole a little bit, so and then created some orders, and and that stuff I'm good at. Like I can do that stuff in my sleep, uh, and then it's action packed. I wanted to make it like when you're getting Tyler's art and manga art, like I feel you need as much action per issue as page. So I devote eight to ten pages of the book to action. Like Very I think cool. that those that's what you need for those books. And same thing if I was writing Ghost Rider, I'd want the same thing. I'd want. 10 to eight to 10 pages of on a motorcycle, chaining people up and giving them pen and stare. Like that's nice. got to happen. Nice. Awesome. Well, um, links to everything in the show notes and Travis, it was super, super awesome to, to catch up with you. Um, we'll have to do this again uh, very soon. Um, if you want to follow the podcast, we are on Twitter and that is at construct Compod. Instagram is constructing comics pod and Facebook is constructing comics. Just once again, I want to thank everybody for, for listening. Uh, please be safe, be nice to each other, and go out there and make some comics. Thank you.